Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Let's open our Bibles up to Proverbs chapter 13. Sounds like a good one, doesn't it? Verse 12. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. When that desire comes, it's strong, and it's a life. It, It gives life. But it says, hope deferred, expectation deferred, expectation that is drawn out, delayed, expectation that is in that place that it seems like it's so prolonged, what happens is, this is what the Proverbs says, it makes your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, it makes them sick. It gets in there to make you sick. They can make a physical sick, but I'm talking about an emotional, to where you become weak, you become diseased, you become grieved, you come into that place that, you know, you're not even thinking right, and that's what happens when hope is deferred or when it's drawn out or when it's a long period of time and you're not seeing that dream, you're not seeing that vision, you're not seeing it fulfilled. And then your emotions, and I know none of us are led by our emotions. Your emotions can get in the way. That's part of being sick. That's what, when the dream doesn't come in the time that you drive through McDonald's to get your hamburger, then you can get deferred and things can come in and start dealing with our emotions, which starts taking away the vision, the dream, the things that God has for us. When it doesn't work, you know, we're an instant society and we want things instantly. I get agitated if I have to sit at that drive-thru for, you know, just a couple of minutes. What do you mean I need to get over here and wait? I I want my hamburger and I want it now. (laughs) That's how we get sometimes. So when our, when our expectation is drawn out and it's prolonged, you know, it can make the heart sick. And that's what Proverbs is saying here. It gets in there and it wants to cause it. What it really does, it begins to replace the dream that you have in your heart. It begins to replace the vision that you know that God placed in your heart. When it's a vision from God, when it's a dream from God, that word has endurance to it. It can endure forever. It's us that gives up. It's us that gets drawn away. And our thoughts get replaced with, is it ever going to happen? Our thoughts get replaced. Well, I'm getting older, and it's been a while, and I haven't seen anything change. I haven't seen anything happen. It's not working the way I thought it would work. You know, so I'm looking, and I'm praying, and I'm thinking about King David, and I'm thinking about the excitement that he was when he was 15 to 17 years old, however old he was, when he was anointed by Samuel to be king. He stood in that place, and he had a dream placed in his heart. Oh, and can you just imagine when his father got that knock on the door from Saul's servant saying, we need David. We need him to come play for the king. 
And David's thinking, whoo, what a quick answer to prayer. I'm going to the palace. I'm going in there and I'm going to pray. I'm going to play for the king. Man, he started mapping out. That's what we want. We want our, our, the plan of God. We want it mapped out so that we can see it, so we can look at it, and we know how to get from one place to the other. But, you know, God gives us compasses instead, and it gives us direction. <laughs> but it does not give us the whole plan, and it's not mapped out for us. And so it can mess us up sometime, especially if you don't know how to read a compass. And you're learning how to read a compass. And you're learning how to trust in God's word. And you're learning how to be led by the Spirit of God. And you're in that place. So here David is. He's got it mapped out now. I'm going to the palace. And he can see it now. He is looking at me. And he's going to train me. And he's going to prepare me to be the next king. Boy, does God have a plan he knows how to do things. So David goes to the palace. He gets in that palace. He's praying. I'm telling you, then he has favor with Saul. Saul, the king, has now given him favor. He says, come eat at my table. I like you. I like the way you are. Man, things are really looking good. He wants to give him his daughter. Ooh, I am in now. I have got it made. This thing is mapped out. I can see the destiny. I can see it now. Man, and now his son, Jonathan, is my best friend. Look at me. I have arrived, and it won't be long. And I will be in the palace as the kings. And those servants that are taking orders from the king, they're going to take them from me. I am being prepared by the king himself. Look at me. I'm pretty special. I see the map now. I see how God's going to do it. And we know he kills the giant, and Saul gets jealous. All of a sudden, jealousy comes in. And all of a sudden, David is an enemy of Saul. How could he be an enemy? He's the one that's going to train me. Did he not get the same map by God? Is he not reading the same direction I'm reading? This is your job, Saul. Come on, Saul. This is your job. God wants you to train me because I'm the next king. How could I be the enemy? How could I be the one in trouble here? You're not reading the same map I'm reading. Have you ever felt like that? You got this map, and it looks like everything's going your way. Looks like things are working, and all of a sudden... There's an enemy in the palace, and it's your palace. And you're getting kicked out of the palace. In fact, it got so bad, he had to run for his life. Because Saul, the trainer, the trainer to David, wants to kill him. How you like those apples? And so here David is, slept in the palace, ate in the palace, ate good food, and the next thing he knows, his, pill, his head is on a stone which becomes his pillow. What happened to that soft bed? What happened to that nice, cushiony pillow that I had? What happened to that wife I had by my side? What happened to the favor that I had? 
How did I get from the palace to these stone walls? How come I'm laying my head down in this dirt? I'm a king, and I'm in a mess, and I don't know what I've done. I don't know why I'm here. I'm telling you, I read the map. It was all planned out. It was good. It was a good direction. I liked it. And now I'm in a cave. And now I've got all these people coming to me. What am I going to do with them? He's in training. He went to training camp. His training camp was the palace. We all like that kind. <laughs> palace is much better than the cave. But you know, sometimes we have to walk in the cave. Sometimes we have to endure things. It's because of our character. He's got to develop. He's got to grow. He's got to get us ready for the next season of our life. And, you know, David, wait, he waited over a decade. That's a long time. That's a long time. A decade. Maybe a little longer than that. Maybe 12 years. Maybe 13 years. He waited. He waited. And he went through all of these things. And he's having to read the compass. He's having to look at it. What direction do I go? I've got to learn how to follow God. I've got to learn how to endure. I've got to learn how to stay in that place. I can't allow my heart to grow sick. I can't allow that to happen. You read the Psalms. You know, you read some of those Psalms and you hear the heart of David. He, he, he's, well, look at Psalms 27. And you, you just hear his heart during this time. In verse 1, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh. That's a great description. <laughs> he's looking at and he's crying out to God and he's saying, my enemies are eating up my flesh. That's what you feel like when your emotions go crazy, when you're headed on straight, when you're not thinking right because you're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed with what is going on around you. You're overwhelmed trying to figure out why is the king that's supposed to train me, why is he against me? Why is he in that place that he's not allowing me to be trained by him? What am I doing in this wilderness? You hear the heart of David. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired. What is he doing? He's having to get his emotions in line. He's having to get his thoughts in line. He's having to get his heart fixed on God and what God said and what was placed in his heart. He had to walk in that place. So he says, one thing have I desired, verse 4, of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. What's he doing? He's getting his compass out. So he can look at that compass and he can bring his mind, his will, and emotions in line with God, with what God has. When he looks at the cave, 
when he looks at the things that are surrounding him, when it's been delayed, when there is a long, drawn-out period that you're having to walk through, you're having to endure, you're having to go through, and you're trying to figure out what happened. He said, verse 5, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide. He shall set me upon a rock. Well, that's where he was set. (laughs) And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises to the Lord. In the midst of what is going on, I am going to focus on the Lord. I'm going to keep my eyes on what God said. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to sing. I'm going to celebrate in what God has spoken and what God has said. That's a decision in the midst of that, in this long, drawn-out, prolonged period of time. It's a decision that David is having to make because his map got burned up. His direction of what he thought would happen. But in this, God is teaching him to trust him. God is teaching him that he is his rock. He's the one he can depend on, that what God said he's going to do. He said here, verse 6, no, verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Listen to the heart of that. Listen to what he's saying here. He is overwhelmed with Saul trying to kill him. He's overwhelmed with where life is right now. I mean, at least when he was home with the sheep, he was with his father. He was kept, he was protected, and now his family is having to come to him, and he's having to protect his family. Things are going on that he never expected at a young age that he's having to deal with, but it goes after God. And he said, when thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. You know what that is? That's a decision. That's decisions when your emotions are, on, on, are going wild, when you're not thinking straight, when, when the enemy is really fighting you. You just go, I choose right now to seek your face. I choose to stay in that place. I'm trusting you, Lord, because I believe what you said is going to come to pass. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. You hear what is going on, what the king is saying. No wonder God said he's a man after my heart, that no matter how long it took, no matter what was going on, he was going to stay in that place, and he was going to believe his God. He wasn't going to forsake him. He wasn't going to give up on him. He wasn't going to give up on the plan. He was sticking to what God said. Amen? And that's a fight. When the days go on, when they draw on, that's really what it means when they're deferred, when they draw out. Not only are they delayed, but they draw out. Day after day after day after day, having to find one hiding place to another hiding place, having to keep out of the hands of Saul, having to know what to do. 
Where do I go now? Where do I hide now? Where is the next step that I take, Lord, to keep away from my enemies? What do I need to do? That means that's a constant keeping focused on what God said. Keeping focused. I mean, David, we know, was a man after God's heart. But it was proven in the testing time. It was proven in the hard places. It was proven, and that's what brings character because he was being made ready to be a king. His training ground would have been the palace. <laughs> but God's training ground was in the dirt. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> in the mess and the muck of trials and tribulations and things that are going on, your character is is made there. What you do in the muck and the mire make the difference. It develops your character. So that, you know, that was King David's journey with God. But he overcame and he had the victory. Think about Joseph. Oh my goodness, Joseph. He, he had such such a desire. God gave him two dreams. God doubled it, gave it to him, and said, this is what's going to happen. And he had a dream, and he believed the dream, and he was in that place that he was believing God, you know, that there would come a day that his brothers would bow down. There would come a day. He had a dream. He didn't know how it was going to happen, but he knew it was going to happen. He had favor with his dad. He had such favor with his dad, he knew that he was going to be trained under his dad and he was going to be in that place and he, he was going to have a good life because he had favor with his dad. Uh, after all, he did get the coat of many colors. He was the star pupil among all the brothers. He was in that place. And he got to go to places and he didn't have to go every place that brothers went. He had a much easier life. So the roadmap was good, and a good roadmap. He had a map too, and it didn't take long for him to lose the map and end up with a compass. <laughs> Here's that compass again. And so here Joseph is. We know the story. He's just innocently out with his brothers, looking, obeying his father, just looking to see where they are so he can report. And they decide, his brothers decide, they're going to kill him. Well, that's joyous. That's not on the map. That's not in the plan. And as we know, they put him in a pit, and they sold him. What is this about? I didn't plan this. I wasn't leaving home. I had no plan to leave home. I'm right here in my father's house, and I like it. Why do they hate me? Why did they come against me? Why would they do that? Why would they sell their own brother? I am their own brother. I'm, I've got the same dad that they have. Why would they do that to me? Come on, let's be real. He's a young man. He's been kicked out of his home by his brothers sent 
on a caravan that he didn't want to be on, sent to a place that he couldn't even speak the language, sent to a place that they didn't welcome him, they sold him as a slave. That's not on the road map. That's not in my plan. What's God doing in him? God's working. God's got a plan. See, God's got a plan, and we all sometimes see the glory of sin, but we don't see the trail, the map that goes through it, that compass that takes you through it to get to the other side. You know, in our plan, we don't have to go through all of that. In our plan, we don't see the difficulties. In our plan, we don't see the pressures. Our plan is easy. Our plan is, see how this works? I know how God works. Yeah, he, he gave me this father. He gave me this family. And I'm pretty good in it. So I'm in a good place. So I like it. This is the map. And he's on a caravan. And he's going to Egypt on a caravan. They're not treating him nicely. They're not, oh, you precious Joseph. No, he's a slave. And then he's not treated well. And then they put him on an auction block. And they sold them. That's not my dream. That's not in my dream. I am not a slave. That is not my dream. How, did I, how am I standing up here on an auction box and somebody's bidding for me? What map are they reading? What are they thinking? So he stands there. He gets sold. He has to work, and he has to work hard. You know, his promotion didn't come the first day. Things didn't turn around the second day. I mean, I'm telling you, he's having to live a life that's totally off the map. And he's having to stay close to that compass. He has to keep that dream in his heart. And he can't let the circumstances and the situations deter him off the dream. But the enemy, that's his job. That's his job. So we know he goes to Potterford's house and, you know, he gets in there and he prospers in Potterford's house and he gets a good job. Looking good. Huh. I think maybe I'm on the right map now. Maybe it's not the first map, but I, I can live with this map. It's a good map. This, this can be it. I'm, I'm, I'm well received here now. I can come and go. Things are working out. But the devil doesn't like that. And that's not the plan of God. And we know Potterford's wife goes in there. And we know she has evil intents. And we know that Joseph didn't succumb to them. But somehow, because he did what was right, because he did what was right, because he was doing the will of God, he was in that place, he got thrown into the prison. Well, that's a good reward for doing what's right. Now, he could think that. I'm doing what's right. I'm doing what's right. I'm doing God. I'm, I'm, I'm honoring who you are, God. I'm honoring you. 
I'm doing what's right. I'm not sleeping around. I'm not jumping in bed with this, other, this woman that I don't know, that belongs to another man. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm being accountable where the finances are concerned. I'm living right. But yet he's in prison. He's in that place in the prison. He has to get that compass back out. Because he has to live in the prison. And he has to live with a good attitude. He has to keep that dream alive on the inside of him. He has to keep that dream working on the inside of him. And how do we know that he kept a right attitude? Now think about this. We know after he'd been in the prison for quite a while, the butler and the baker came. And when they came, they wanted Joseph to interpret the dream. Now, he has a decision here. He's been sitting on that dream for over 10 years, over a decade now, and nothing has manifested. Not one word. Nothing looks like that word can come to pass. Zero. He has no encouragement. He has nobody in there that he knows that can encourage him and believe with him and strengthen his faith and say, hey, come on, Joseph, your brothers are going to bow. You've got something big for you. He doesn't have that. And here comes the baker and the butler. And Joseph says, tell me your dream. Because they said, we have a dream. Now, if he was angry and bitter, he would have said, Dreams don't work. Can't interpret. I, don't, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I had a dream once. I had a dream that I was going to do great things for God. I had a dream. I had a dream. But they don't work. My brothers threw me to the slaves. They sold me. And I'll never forgive him. If he had had that attitude, he would have never gone to the palace. Amen. If he had allowed bitterness and unforgiveness towards his family, he would have never seen the dream. But what did Joseph say? Tell me the dream. I believe in dreams. I mean, his faith was there in the prison. His faith was there. I believe in dreams. I believe God gives dreams. I believe God gives the dreams to fulfill them. I believe that God places dreams on the inside of people because he wants to bring them forth. What's happening in Joseph's life? He's developing character. He's developing to be the second man in charge, and he doesn't even realize how that's going to work because he's in an impossible situation. But he didn't quit ministering. He didn't quit serving. He didn't belittle. He didn't put anybody down. He stayed in that place. He stayed in that place. He stayed in that place until Pharaoh called him or until God calls you out. 
And when God starts calling, I mean, he was anticipating something. That was two years later before Pharaoh called him out. So he had two more years of endurance. You know, it's getting to be two decades now. That's a long time. That's a long time. It's getting a long time. Before he ever saw it fulfilled, it was about 21 years. Before he ever saw his brothers stand before him. That was the dream. So if you think you've waited for a while, if you think things have been delayed, I'm just here to tell you, let God work. Yes. Let God do in you what needs to be done. Amen? Let the Holy Ghost keep that work. Just keep doing what's right. Because in, in um, Proverbs 13, it says, Hope deferred makes a heart sick. But when, but when that desire comes, what happened when that, that desire came? What happened to Joseph when the desire? Life came. One of those words means revival came. Think what he did when he stepped into that palace. Think of the influence that he had. Think about that. God had a much bigger plan. What happened when King David became king? He influenced all of Israel. Life came. It was a tree of life. It brought life. When you get in the place God wants you in, when that desire comes and it begins to get fulfilled, what happens to you is you are going to give life to others. You're going to bring that hope to others. You're going to bring that strength to others. They, David and Joseph, kept their hearts in that place. It doesn't mean that they didn't have opportunity it doesn't mean they were smiles and joy all the time. They had to work through. That's part of construction on the inside of us. That's part of the working of the Holy Ghost, growing us, maturing us, getting us into that place so that we can be usable vessels for the glory of God. And Joseph was used where he was. David was used in the cave. They were both in training, but he had something much greater for both of them. And in those long drawn out times. You just keep doing. What is right. You keep your heart right. There is not a time limit on your dream. I think I'll say that again. There is not a time limit on your dream. You stay in. Until that dream, till you see that desire and you see that life flowing, spirit of God flowing out of you and affecting people around you. Affecting. See, that's where he's taking you. Into that place that your dreams are fulfilled. That the vision that God has placed in your heart comes to pass. That you see it. Now, let's look at one more thing. Before we close, let's go to 1 Peter 5. It says, I'll, I'll start with verse 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed 
with humility. And that's what David and Joseph carried. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So we, first of all, we've got to clothe ourselves in humility. We have to get ourselves, like you get dressed every day, you put your clothes on, well, you've got to clothe yourself in humility, because if you don't, pride will get in. That's one way pride gets in. Because he says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may. This is his desire to exalt you or raise you up or do or bring forth what he's placed in your heart. He will do it in due time. Casting all your care. So if you're in that place and you're trying to figure out, you may not like this, but if you're trying to figure out you know, how you're going to make this happen, how you're going to make this dream, how you're going to make this desire, how you're going to bring it to pass, you're in pride. You've entered into pride because Scripture says, cast all your care on him. You cast it because then you've just taken it off of you. You've just humbled yourself under the mighty hand of God. And as you've done that, no matter what, God says he'll exalt you. That's what he did with Joseph. That's what he did with David. That's what he does with people of God that stand in that place. They go through that long because there's a day coming that desire is going to be fulfilled. There is something that's going to take place. Something is happening. That's why we say over this house, something is happening. We have entered into a new place. We have entered into a new place. I'll just say it one more time because I like hearing it. <laughs> we have entered into a new place. And as Hezer was bringing forth in this house, we are believing. We are in that place that we are believing. It's a now time. We are believing that suddenlies and immediatelys are taking place. That's what we're believing. We are, we are in that place that we believe the hand of God is on this place and he's going to do some suddenlies in our lives that he's going to bring forth. I mean, you may live in one place and you'll be living somewhere else. You may have a job one day in this place and a job another place. That's a suddenly. Hallelujah. Things are happening. I just want to encourage you. Things are happening. Endure. We may not like that word, but it's a good word. Because in that, you adjust, you change, you grow to become what God wants you to do. Amen? For he is here to fulfill the desires of your heart. And as I said, get the compass back out. The roadmap is changing. And you may think it needs to work one way, <laughs> but God's burning up maps. <laughs> God's burning up your way. <laughs> God is getting rid of your way and is bringing in his way. Because that's how you get there. When you take the limits off, I mean, both of them had to leave. Joseph had to leave his country 
to get to fulfill the will of God. David had to leave home and live in places he didn't want to live. But he got there. So I want to encourage you all tonight. I just want to encourage you. Dreams are being fulfilled. That's the word over this house. Suddenlies are coming. There are things that are happening. There are things that are shaking and moving to get you into the place that God has for you. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.